always a, a, a hard a, belief. piece of contention with you. Uh, <laughs> you always bring that up, and it's it's a uh, it's a tough one. It'll be an interesting game. Looking back at Juan Monroe, I was trying to find some stats on the game uh, just to kind of go through the Sean White, 14 of 17 for 240 and then two touchdowns. Uh, John Franklin, of course, one pass, one touchdown, 40-yard pass to, to Nate Greg Myers. Uh, on Johnson, a buck 46 and two touchdowns, six yards of carry. Uh, John Franklin, of course, with the 80-yard touchdown run in which he looked amazingly fast. He's that fast. Of course, you're also playing against some of those defenders who are tired. Yeah. Um, but he's stunningly fast when he gets in the open field. Stanton Truett had some carries, obviously, he giving Cameron there. Petway um, a break there. I like um, – I like some of the some of the plays they use Truett on. Use his speed. Um, I like some of the ways they used him. Malik Miller. Uh, unfortunate news. Malik Miller gets some gets some carries, gets his first touchdown, and then gets hurt yeah. and uh, undergoes surgery. Um, so he's he's out. That's can't imagine. You're kind of just that's kind of the game where you get your first action, you score a touchdown, and then you get hurt. Uh, tough game for Malik Miller. Um, Tony Stevens four catches for 109 yards and a touchdown. And then, of course, Kyle Davis with a long touchdown. Nate Craig Myers with a long touchdown as well. Um, really good game. From an uh, defensively, Trey Williams, nine tackles. Montavious Atkinson had some good plays, five tackles. Deshaun Davis, TJ Matthew, uh, Trey Matthews, TJ Neal, Carl Lawson down the, li- down, the, down the line. Carl Lawson with another sack and a couple of tackles for loss. So, um, I mean, Austin six first downs. Yeah, that's um, it was a it was an amazing amazing performance from the offense really same same in line with the defense in terms of going out and executing moments uh, you know in the they had some moments where they didn't look great and Sean White had a fumble and uh, they were challenged at halftime and I thought they came out and I think they scored four touchdowns in the third quarter and just blew that game open we talked about it last week about the quarterback and we said there shouldn't be any quarterback controversy now. Sean White played well against LSU. He comes back and plays just as well against Louisiana Monroe. And what's amazing is if you kind of evaluate, if you kind of just take a step back, first game was a, was a mess, right? And I think to the nation, and I think looking at Auburn big picture-wise, right, they blow out three and two, okay. Um, but I think when you the, the, the people that are watching Auburn every game are looking at the team going, okay, they're, they're, they're definitely improving. They're definitely finding an identity and a rhythm. It's just a, it's just a matter of building on it. But yet, I think people across the country still just they just watched Auburn against Clemson. That's all they know. Um, and then they watched it against A&M a little bit, and that was kind of a mess. And that's it. Um, and I think people across the country probably still look at Auburn and think oh, they don't have a quarterback. Uh, their offense is kind of a mess. But you look at them, and of course, the two non-conference games slant things. Game was a good indicator as well. It's a good defense that just shut out Missouri, basically, um, that you put up almost 400 yards against. And if you could have closed in the red zone, you're at 30 points on that team in the middle of trying to find yourself. Uh, there's, so there's some bright spots, but you look at Sean White. Um, he's completing 68% of his passes. Um, he's thrown five touchdowns and almost 1,000 yards. Um, so if you, I think if, the, if everybody would have taken a step back now and looked at Sean White, you kind of look at him and go, huh. I mean, so much criticism about he's not the right player for this offense and he's not the right quarterback. And I still think that depends on what's your definition of what should the offense be. If, it's, if you think 2010-13, yep, this isn't your quarterback. Um, but if you look at some of Gus's offenses at Tulsa, Sean White could absolutely be the quarterback of a prolific offense. Um, what are your thoughts 
Sean White maybe taking a step back and assessing how he's played um, versus some sporadic, you know, I don't, you know, the first few games, but now saying he's pretty good. I mean, are, are we still on the bandwagon of he's not the right guy for the offense, but he's playing well? Or, or do you start to say he, he can be prolific in this offense? It's not necessarily about it's not for him, but he's but he's playing good. I mean, should we give him a little bit more credit that the offense is doing some good things with him and because of his accuracy? Yeah, I don't know. No, I mean, I, I think that Sean's been great, particularly under the Rhett Lashley offense. Yeah, uh, sure, sure. Uh, when, when when he was under the Gus Malzahn offense is when he was having his problems for, uh, yeah. because there was just such a disjointed nature to what they were doing. Uh, now that they're able to give him a, a running game, now that they're able to let him throw the ball um, in more places than just on bubble screens and out in the flats and behind the line of scrimmage, then then you get to see what Sean's able to, to do. You know, yeah. he's able to go to work and, and, and pick apart a defense um, yeah. and use what, what he's talented at doing. As long as Sean's not having to run the zone read, um, then then Sean can, can do well. So we have to be able to develop a running game without making him run the football. And we've got to be able to open the offense up so that Sean can sit back there and be a quarterback in this conference, um, as opposed to being told on the sideline where to throw the football to pre-snap. Yeah. Um, so I think Sean's done great. Um, I still think John Franklin should, should have some snaps and, and be able to get out there and um, test the defense. You know, make yeah. sure they can defend it. It's kind of like, it's kind of like if, if you have triple option in your in your arsenal of something that um, that you did well as an offense. I'm going to get out there and run it a couple of times to just make you have to make you have to practice against it, spend time working on it on defense, and prove to me on game day that you worked on it, and you can defend it. And they may stop it, and you may waste the drive with it. But you know, it, it, at least it's uh, you know, at least it's something you you put a kid out there, uh, a, a dynamic, explosive player. Um, an opportunity to make a play with, with a football in his hands. And I think he deserves that opportunity, but, but I don't think there's any question that Sean White's the starter. I think that, that now that he's got some, uh, you know, he fills the offensive line, protecting better, they're coming together well. I thought this last week, the way that line played, missing Xavier Dampier, I thought they looked really good. Um, whether or not that was, uh, you know, an undermanned uh, defensive front or not, I, you know, they, they protected him well, and he wasn't under duress all day. Um, and, and Sean's getting better at not falling off of his of his throw. You know, I, I heard the commentator make a lot of comments during the game about when, when Sean releases the ball, he falls awake, and it's almost like he's expecting a hit. He has a tendency to do that. He does, and uh, uh, and so I think that he's going to be more even more accurate than he is as he as it, the confidence grows that his offensive line is going to be there for him. That these backs are going to pick up the protection. And, uh, and and his, I think his stats will improve because of that. But I'm glad to see him get those long touchdown passes. Yeah, and he's a tough kid. But you saw a little bit when he came back from his injury last year. He was just a tim- more timid player, and Sean can't be that. He's yeah. got he's got to be – if he's not a confident, stand in there, a um, little bit of swagger, he's not Sean White. And so, you know, his ability to stand in there is a, is, is certainly a, a, a big deal. Um, we'll get back to talking about the game a little bit. Some questions here uh, coming in. Uh, McGriff has done a great job with the DBs. Um, I, I, I would agree. I, I don't. I haven't seen. You know, I'm not in practice. I think Carlton Davis is a talented kid. Uh, Rudy Ford has led the team in tackles a couple of years. I think they're a good group. I, I think give give McGriff credit. I don't know how much I could how much I could necessarily say he's coming and done well, a lot of praise has gone to Carlton Davis. But Josh Hosey's probably been tested more than any of them, and and he's risen to the challenge week in and week out. He's Amazing. A physical kid. Two injuries. Comes from a great family, and um, it's you know, so so I think that, that he's played well, and that's that's been impactful. The, the guy that I think has struggled the most back there has been has been. Uh, you gonna say Trey? Trey, yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um, um, you know, he's had a hard time. 
coming up and being a true tackler. He looks a step slow back there um, on some of the pass defense. And, and, and I really think at some point, Stephen Roberts, if he can keep his head screwed on straight, that, that he brings another dimension back there um, that, that, that I think Trey Matthews lacks just a little bit. Now, Trey, Trey's still a, a fine safety. I mean, he, he's, he's capable of getting the job done. But he, he's a weak link against some, against some offenses. Which is shocking. You know, because he was he was a five star. He had a great freshman year at Georgia. Um, I, I didn't think when he came over and was starting last year, I, I wouldn't have thought that he would be the weak link of four or five guys. But it, but something's not. Well, I don't know if it's his injury. Like he's aggressive, but he, but he still tackles a lot. Of I don't know. His angles are still. I mean, I remember the play against LSU. Maybe it was. An, I don't know if you remember this play. Overthrown pass, deep pass. That was a busted coverage. But Trey was having to come over to make that play. He's, he took a bad angle. If yeah. he catches it, it's a touchdown. Something's just off with him. Some, some guys get in the habit of really just wanting to blow people up. Yeah. Uh, meaning that, that they just want to run through people. They, they want a sports center type of collision every play. And and you, you just can't play safety that way with that type of mentality. You, you, you put your defense in danger. Now, you may make some elite plays that people remember you forever, you know, because of, of the type of effort you put forth. But you're going to put yourself in a bad position some when you do that, and I think that happens to Trey every once in a while. Yeah. I don't see that as often with um, with 14. 14, uh, you know, he, he's a little more heady. Uh, he just seems to have more savvy back there with uh, with the way that he plays. Um, I think Rudy Ford also is 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 a fantastic tackler, is a physical player, and can do a lot of a lot of things for the football team well. But his, you know, what he does well is not covering a slot receiver in the nickel. I mean, he, he's that's his weakness is yeah. when they go four and five wide and we have him covering a uh, you know some of these receivers in this league. So if if we were able to get thirty one uh, Davis to where he can play that second corner and put Holsey in there or even put Carlton Davis in there at the nickel yeah. uh, and let those other two guys man down, I think that would go a long way in helping us in pass defense. Um, although Rudy Ford gives us a lot of strength um, when when they go nickel and uh, against the run, but. Uh, uh, defensively, yeah, defensive backs. I mean, they've played really well and, and, and really exceeded my expectations, honestly, to this point. Uh, Philip, uh, Philip Pate, you know Philip Pate? We'll get to your question in a minute, okay? We're not going there yet. All right, Philip, just calm down. Calm down. We're not going there yet. Uh, uh, is Stanton Truett the new OMAC? Andy Mize says thoughts on Stanton Truett. Is he the new OMAC? Um, I said yes after the first game when they did a little bit, not the running the ball. But he absolutely, um, that's a play that you had with OMAC and you had with Corey Grant, um, but you haven't had the guy the last couple of years. He absolutely should be part of, of the repertoire. I mean, you, how many times did they fake to Corey Grant or OMAC coming this way and then turn and hand it up the middle? Yeah. Because you get that linebacker that moves and you create you space. you got to respect it. Um, St. absolutely should be more involved in just simply, in just simply the motion of it. Um, and then getting those carries because he he's he's a he's a track star. He's very fast. Uh, and Ryan Davis could do the same thing, but Ryan's playing really well at receiver. He needs to stay there. But Stanton, absolutely, I think you know we'll see some things on defense that he'll be he'll be more involved. Whether it's motion, whether it's getting some carries, stretching the defense when they're tired, try to get a carry, just get a crease. The same way they tried to use the same way Franklin. You know, maybe Truett and Franklin can be in the game at the same time at points in the game where you think you have a little momentum and then you put Franklin in and you put Truett in and 
you try to test their edges some. I think there's a, a whole lot of benefit to them doing that. I, I think Shirley had a couple of good runs. I think he needs to be more of it. They definitely found something with the running game in terms of they kind of seem to be crashing almost all the way down. If you've noticed, all of a sudden um, it's up the gut, but that tackle's crashing down. It's, it's a very similar play that they're running over and over again, Auburn, yeah. um, that they're finding some success in. But yeah, I thought um, well, I mean, it's, it's obvious, well. and it's obvious that they think the coaching staff thinks very highly of this kid because they they built the first drive of the season against Clemson around him, yeah. you know, and, and, and some of the things that they thought that he could do well. Um, a heady kid, a kid that uh, you said played quarterback in high school. Yeah, uh, option. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, a guy that's going to be smart with the football, that's going to be able to find creases, and uh, you know, I think that's a, a great role for him. Uh, you also look at a guy like Eli Stowe. Could could he be that guy? You know, a guy that uh, lines up in the slot and, and and had speed and looked good with the ball in his hands. And they gave it to him. He ran the ball twice in this game. Yeah. So it's going to be hard to keep these these true freshmen. I mean, these, these are eager guys. These are guys that have elite athleticism. Yeah, that's a good point uh, about the true freshmen. Yeah. Do you remember? And if this is on the spot. But please feel free to comment or 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 you know give us your opinions if you're at home. Thinking about this, um, do you remember a year where you're looking at a lot of true freshmen and they all—they're all doing a few little things that you're going, "Wow, okay, okay, he's yeah. kind of living up to it, kind of living up to it." I mean, you could go down the line: Kyle Davis and, and Marlon Davidson and Derek Brown and and uh, Nate Craig Myers has made some plays. I mean, when they've gotten an opportunity, to my eye, when the true freshman's gotten in there and got an opportunity, he's he's made a play. Yeah, no, I mean, these guys are, uh, they're not getting enough opportunities, particularly those, those yeah. freshman receivers, but um, uh, obviously Marlon Davidson is, is in, a, in a league all of, his, all of his own. I mean, what he's doing up front is just phenomenal um, in my mind. I, uh, How good can he be? He can be as good as he wants to be. Best defensive he, lineman player. And, and honestly, it's going to be up to him. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't go there because I, you know, I just don't think that's fair to him. Sure, uh, because they're not playing the same position. Todd Weeks asked it, not me. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a good question, and I think he's every bit as capable. But, yeah. but, but he's not playing the same position that a, that a Tracy Rocker played, or you know, yeah. a, or Nick uh, Fairley, you know, any of those guys. So they, they, it's you, you can't judge a guy in a different system, but you can judge a guy's impact on the field, and I think he's every. Uh, every bit is capable of making that type of noise, but he's going to have to have help. You know, the, the great players in Auburn history had a lot of great people that, that surrounded them. And, um, and he's got it. Marlon Travis Adams is playing up to par, playing up to what, what he should be doing. Carl, Carl Lawson's doing the same. Um, he will have to with those guys that step in. Yeah. You know, like a, a Brown's going to have to take the place of a Montrevis Adams yeah. last year to be able to keep him from drawing double teams all yeah. game. So, uh but, yeah, they're, they're recruiting at a level where I think that, that he can really be special. Um, I know Philip, my brother, asked a question earlier in this about Byron Cowart. Do you ever see Cowart living up to the hype? And, and I'd have to say at this point I don't. No. Um, I, you know, whether or not that was unfair uh, expectations on him, um, whether or not uh, he was truly as elite as he seemed to be coming out of, out of high school, uh, whether or not he just doesn't have his head screwed on straight, uh, you know, I lean there a little bit. Well, I, I mean, he was very talented, but something about, I mean, I watched a play against Louisiana Monroe, a couple of plays where he gets in and he rushes and kind of gets stoned and, and sort of stops for a second. It was not for a guy like that. He should be, I mean, it, it was, it wasn't the kind of effort, a couple of plays that I saw, not that it was bad effort, but against Louisiana Monroe and a guy that you probably should be dominating. Yeah. It wasn't, 
anything. It wasn't that. It wasn't what I would want to see from from a five star, from a number one player in the country, and from a guy that I'm pushing to be yeah. to be that guy. It wasn't there. So something with him mentally is telling me he won't, he doesn't want to be as great as he could be. Yeah. And I don't think he has a lot of good carryover on Saturdays to the things that he's being taught during the week. Meaning that he gets in the game and it's almost like he's wearing Velcro. He can't get off the guy yeah, that uh, yeah. is, is, is blocking him. He can't get his eyes in the right place. He, he's too busy trying to take on the blocker, yeah. and he's exerting all of his effort on that guy as the ball carrier runs right by him. And, and you just can't be that way. And, and you know, maybe he'll grow into somebody that, uh, that can really step up and play a lot of, of quality snaps for this defense. And I think he's going to play quality snaps. But whether or not he can grow into a guy that can uh, that can really produce like Auburn expected him to produce and Auburn hopes he can produce, I hope he can. But that's up to that guy. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I think I think the, the, the depth on the defensive line will – it's either gonna, he's either going to accept the challenge, which he supposedly did in the offseason. He accepted the challenge and started playing well. Um, or he's going to go through this season and think, man, I never broke through, and he's going to get discouraged. It'll be, it'll be interesting to watch uh, you know, how they handle him. Um, somebody made a comment about his eyes. He doesn't see the play. And it kind of goes to what you're saying. He's He gets caught, caught up in whatever the guy is blocking him, and, and then the play goes by him, and he's not – um, he's not. Hey, which is what's so impressive about Marlon is he's active. He's ch- he's tra- chasing plays down. He's just very aware of what's going on. Even when he's getting blocked, he's he knocked the ball down. You yeah. know that game batted the ball down. That's getting blocked and keeping your eyes up. I and mean, that's a that's a really heady what, play. What level did the Coward the Coward play in, in high school? I mean, was oh, it was a good football? Was it, was it a? It was he played at four A five A. Yeah, it was. Um, is 4A as high as it goes in Florida? No, they go higher. I think they go. I think they go five or six A. Okay. Uh, but no, he played good football, man. I mean, he played. Um, he played good football. I think he was at. Oh, I can't even remember now. It's been a few years. But no, he, the level of competition wasn't that because he was the number one player in the country. He wouldn't have been that. Um, I just remember. We I remember we had uh, Heath Evans was uh, was one of my teammates. Yeah. He played at Kings Academy in West Palm Beach, and I remember seeing his highlight video. And he played against, it looked like, park ball teams. I mean, it was absolutely atrocious, the people yeah. he played against. And so uh, <laughs> you, you never know. Well, Terrible competition. Yeah, he terrible, terrible competition. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't know how that will translate when a kid comes to, uh, to college and he plays against guys that look just like he does. Yeah. Uh, but, but Heath was able to do it. Uh, obviously, you say Byron played against you know better competition. You would think that, that he, would, he would improve. But uh, lights just got to come on for him. But I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that we're not just throwing the kid out there, and uh, we're making him earn his his way on oh, the field. And uh, you know he'll have to earn it on uh, on practice days. Appreciate everybody joining us here at uh, on War Eagle Live here at Burger Five Downtown Auburn. Uh, make sure and like the podcast as we mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, Pro Clark here in Opelika um, does an awesome job down Pepper Parkway. Um, they're a big sponsor of the show, so we pick a winner. To go get a free car wash in detail, all you have to do is like and share the show. We go and pick a winner uh, from everybody that liked and shared the live broadcast. Uh, we go pick one, and you get a free car wash. I'll, I'll contact you, and um, and you get a chance to go down there and get a free car wash from Marcus and the guys. They do a great job. Keep getting your questions in. Uh, a lot of good questions rolling in uh, as Auburn comes off a big win over Louisiana Monroe and gets ready for Mississippi State this weekend, first road game of the season, 11 a.m., on Saturday, Auburn opened as a dog in that game and then real quickly became a favorite, just a couple of points. Um, what do you think 
what do you think goes into that? Because that surprised me. I mean, Mississippi State struggled. That they're they're an they're just an okay team. Maybe not even. They're, they're, I don't even know if I'd call them a good football team right yeah. now uh, at best. Um, but Starkville is, you know, even though they're struggling, that's still a place that's grown the last couple of years in terms of a place to play. It's still loud. It's Auburn's first road game, which will be interesting as Auburn gains momentum and is, sort of starts to figure things out. Now they have to go on the road. And it'll be interesting to see if they can continue that. Does it take a step back? Uh, Sean White's played on played in some road games, so there shouldn't be an issue there. Um because I think it goes back to what you said earlier, that uh, what what have these guys that actually, you know, make these calls, what have they seen from Auburn? Yeah. They, yeah. They've seen them struggle against Clemson. They saw them look completely They didn't disjointed. watch Louisiana Monroe. They didn't watch the two no, games. No, they, they looked, actually haven't watched really that. They, 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 saw them, they saw them unable to move the ball effectively against Texas And they A&M. still look at the LSU game like Auburn got lucky. So it's amazing how that game has turned out like y'all got lucky. It's like, wait a minute, Auburn was winning the game. It's kind of like the Alabama game all over again. It's like, yeah. You got lucky. It's like it was a tie game, you know. Right. The Iron Bowl. This is the same thing. It's like, wait, Auburn was winning, right? So LSU would have gotten lucky to win the play. It's it's kind of funny how that's turned into LSU was so sad, and Auburn got lucky to win the game when they outgained LSU yeah. and were winning the game. I think it's that, and and also think that it's just the history of this series recently, the recent history that uh, Mississippi yep. State has uh, two in a row, right? Has won two in a row. That Auburn struggled uh, going over to Starkville, even even when Auburn played had good football teams, they still struggled to walk out of there with a win. So I think they're getting credit for their home crowd and Auburn's first trip on the road this year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I think that's, I think it's, I think that's it. It's the first road game, and it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I have no, no worries about Sean White. Uh, no worries about the defense. They're a physical group. They'll come to play. Oh, Mississippi yeah. State doesn't have the same kind of, same kind of dynamic ability um, in that game. So it'll be, uh, we'll get into it a little bit later, kind of breaking that down. I, I haven't seen Mississippi State play. I mean, I saw I, them against UMass. I mean, they're just, you know, they're just. They've got a young quarterback. The young quarterback, not Dak. I mean, they're, they're kind of like the same thing that Auburn's had a little bit. They went from Dak Prescott to now yeah. a guy who, yeah, he's an athletic kid, but he's not Dak Prescott. And so now you're trying to find your way, and you're trying to find big plays. And, you know, it's just, uh, by the way, that loss to South Alabama doesn't look that bad anymore, does it? <laughs> I mean, I'm looking through the scores. They beat it. First of all, I'm like, what? once again, it's like, I see this game. Why in the world is San Diego State <laughs> – Playing at South Alabama, who signed that? They should be fired. But San Diego State's number 19 in the country, and South Alabama, you know, smokes them. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow. I mean, but that goes back to the amount of talent in the South, first of all. You can play South. Remember when UAB was in their little run? They beat LSU. They'd go to Nebraska and play right. tough. There's a lot of talent in the South that if you kind of get a good little, it's like Appalachian State, similar kind of scenario. It's a, it's a dangerous thing sometimes. But that win, that loss doesn't look as, as bad as it did, you know, week one. But, yeah, they're going through the same kind of stuff, trying to find some big play stuff on offense. Um, but I don't know that that much concerns me about going on the road. I think Sean's a kid with Moxie. He did well last year on the road. Um, it'll just be – I think the offensive line could be an issue that Dampier comes back. Well, that's, that's the issue. probably the big thing. That's That group's first test in loud on the yeah. road scenario. And, and not so much the group as a whole as it is Dampier being out last week and, and, and him yep. having his first start on the road. I yep. mean, so much is required of the center pre-snap um, for communication up front and for him to be able to get those kids uh, lined up and communicate the assignments. Um, going to be tough. It's going to be different. You know, up, up to this point, Sean has clapped his hands, and you can hear the echo reverberate throughout Jordan Air Stadium and yeah. on the television for them to snap the ball. That's not going to be the case this week. They've got to change what they're going to do to, to get that snap off. 
we were talking about John Franklin earlier in the earlier in the show, um, and about him needing more touches, about him needing to get more touches. And you made the good point of, um, you know, one big reason is it, it makes the team have to practice it uh, more during the week. Well, the more you're practicing during the week on John Franklin, the less you're practicing on what Auburn's going to run 95% of the time. So that's a good point. Um, how many times do you think John Franklin should touch the ball? in a game in terms of getting in there. I think I read, it might have been your, I don't know if it was your column or, or what I read, but it was, he doesn't need he, he doesn't need just a couple of plays. He needs a drive or a succession of plays. Um, I think it was Jay Tate at, at AuburnSports.com that was making the point. Uh, you put Franklin and you put you know the back and you do the zone read. Um, that's a play that it worked with Nick and Trey because you might stop him once. But you're going to miss your keys. You're going to miss your key. If you run four or five plays in a row with the, with that kind of zone read and those that kind of speed, and that, you're going to miss your keys a couple of times, and a big play is going to happen. Yeah. And so the point was getting him a play or getting him a run here and there. That's a, that's not really setting him up for success. Give him a drive. Give give him give him five six plays. Say I'm going to run five or six plays because I think one or two of them they're going to miss a key if we can get to it, and we're going to we're going to rope off a big play. What are your thoughts on? How many touches Franklin should have or giving him an entire drive? I don't think it's a bad idea to give him a whole drive, but I also think that you don't want to disrupt um, Sean's confidence and you don't want to disrupt an offense that, that's, uh, that's actually yeah. pr- producing. I mean, if, if if Sean goes into a game and, and he's, you know, they're struggling to move the football, then I think it, it's perfectly reasonable to bring John in and bring him in early in a game so that he's into the football game. You know, so that he's a part of the offense. Yeah. So that um, you know, he's mentally into it, and, um, and and to test that defense and to say, all right, well, did you did you actually go through your assignments and you know how to how to how to defend this zone read? You know how to defend this quarterback when he keeps it. Um, yeah. Let him throw the football every once in a while, but um, but it is a fine line, man. I mean, you you don't want to do like you did in that first game. And, oh yeah, you and, don't want to start kill, kill the confidence of not just way, not yeah. just your quarterback. But your entire offense, and um, and just make them think that you have no plan. So if, if they if they have something, I don't know that you go into it and say, all right, John's going to run no matter what. this set play, no matter what. Right. It's got to be dependent on what's happening. And if and if we're smoking with Sean White, then I'm sorry, John. I mean, he's the guy. Yeah, it's, I but, think that's absolutely right. Yeah. So I think that's absolutely yeah, right. right. But it's 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 tough. I know that that's difficult, particularly when you've got a kid that um, um, that got such elite speed. But 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 I think Sean has has proven to this point that, that he deserves to not have to look over his shoulder every time he throws an incomplete pass or every time they go three and out. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I, I think you do run a risk of uh, of giving the uh, Sean White and the entire offense a feel of those first two games if the offense is playing well and you just throw Franklin out there because if if you lose some momentum because you do that, um, that'd be a, a it'd be a, a terrible terrible decision. I think it's one of those things that you play out. You say okay. I want our offense to roll. John Franklin, I, I kind of would, would look third quarter-ish. And if it's in the right scenario, then I'm going to give him a drive. If we're winning or, um, you know, if you're if, if it's a close game or if you, think, if you think maybe the drive before you did a few things running the football and you think they're starting to tire a little bit, um, then I think, I think that would all be, those would all be good scenarios to put him in the next possession. And, and if, if you think they're getting a little tired or whatever, yeah. let him get the edge and things like that. But, you're right. It's it's definitely not something you just say. I'm going to give him a drive. You got to feel it out uh, because of 
you know, it's it's uh, the confidence, and you're starting to get your rhythm. Last thing you want to do is start to get your rhythm. Oh, and, and then and then and then just turn around and do what you do what you do to get in trouble in the first place, and it's overthink it. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I think that's uh, yeah, we'd start running Jeremy Johnson out there on, in the red zone. Oh boy! I do like this question though about uh, if if Dampier and the O line struggle against Mississippi State, do you think they would go? with the line that they used against ULM and Golson at center. I actually, I actually don't think it's a bad idea to start that offensive line simply because of, of it being Golson. Uh, simply because you've got a kid in Golson that yeah. has played it and, and knows what it's like to go on the road and, and, and how the communication should be, particularly after you're coming off a, uh, of, a seat, of, a, of a week where you just did that. And, and work Dampier yeah. into that if they truly are your best five. If there's not a big drop-off, I would probably put Golson in there and, and let uh, uh, let the big kid from Texas play play the left out. That's all her paying, man. I, I can't make a call on that. I mean, it, you, I've only seen that line against La Monroe, and as we said, their their defensive line was so overmatched that it was uh, it, it wasn't a good it wasn't a good way to it wasn't a good indicator of how good the line. Was. This unit's great. La Monroe was overmatched. That wasn't a good. Uh, a super, super great indicator, but it'll be interesting to see what Herb Hand does. Uh, by the way, Byron Coward, I thought so, uh, played at Armwood High School. That's 6A. Uh, so he played good football. That's, um, you remember Eric Smith played at Armwood and uh, some, some good good players. Remember P.D. Smith? This is a little recruiting, recruiting flashback. Eric Smith's older brother, P.D. Smith, or younger brother, I can't remember, a linebacker that thought it was going to go Auburn, went to Alabama, didn't really do anything, but he's a big-time player. Um, Y'all remember him. Uh, Stephen Hook says, "How about hoops starting up? How about it? hoops talk in the middle of football Is season?" Stephen in here? No, I don't see Stephen. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have uh, some more basketball coaches on. A lot of basketball to go. A lot of basketball talk to go. Don't don't anybody worry. Basketball's heating up. Uh, I know those guys are excited too. Hey, and look for something too. Look for Coach Bruce Pearl to be wearing eyeglasses. Whoa, on the sideline. That is scoop. We'll see if uh, are you dropping. Are you breaking news? We'll see if that, if that actually comes to fruition. But uh, it could be that Coach Pearl has a pair of of sweet eyeglasses on his on his nose. Sweet um, for the games this year. Wow, so he doesn't throw them. A little inside, yeah. <laughs> a little uh, little inside scoop there about uh, Pearl wearing some glasses. Right. Yeah, basketball starting up. Um, and they're super excited, man. They, gosh, what they're doing in basketball is just amazing. It's unprecedented. Amazing. I mean, it's yeah. yeah. It, I don't. I, it's, it's hard to comment on it because it's never it's never happened here with, well, uh, with the level going. of guys. It's only going to keep going. I mean, the recruiting's not going to stop. I mean, he's recruiting the way he is now, and they haven't done anything. They've done nothing at Auburn. They beat Kentucky. That's it. That's all they've that's all they've done. They had a win over Kentucky. Uh, that was a huge deal. They've had a ton of injuries. There's nothing that they're going to these recruits and saying, look what, what, look what I've already done. Yeah. He's just saying, look what I've done in the past. Yeah. Look what we can do. And look what we're going to I mean, play. He's totally the selling thing. the future of, of – and these guys are buying into it, and it's helped kind of get the ball rolling with some good recruits, Heron, Austin Wiley. You get some guys, that's that's what he's selling now. Yeah. He's saying, okay, look, I've been here a couple of years. I haven't done much, but look at what look at what I've done at Tennessee, and then I'll look at the guys I'm recruiting. So. You have to trust that we're going to win. Yeah. Look at the guys that we have committed. I think that's a, that's been a huge part of it. Well, and also the, the schedule that they put together, where they're not afraid to go play very good talent. You know, when I was in school, we we played Northeast Carolina State, uh, whatever. You know, we played all these directional schools to build a resume, uh, only to get shellacked in the SEC. And uh, uh, he's not going that route. And the other cool thing that they do, and can you imagine this in football? I mean, you yeah. you did recruiting for so long. Well, they had this open gym 
um, on Saturday mornings yeah. where they have these these top recruits come in and they interact with and scrimmage yeah. with it's pretty the awesome. all-right team. Could you imagine in football oh having these, these top recruits coming in and scrimmage on a Thursday? It you would know, be pretty the, wild, yeah. But uh, having the opportunity to see those guys and, and, and if they fit and how they interact with uh, with their you know future teammates, I think that's neat, too. I haven't gotten by to see that, though. Uh, yeah, they're good. It's 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 fun to watch. Um, back to football a little bit. Um, Dwayne Thomas asked if this Auburn defense is as good or better than the 04 defense. Um, the 04 defense led the country in scoring. Uh, first of all, now offense is completely different. So it's when you compare stats and eras, it's uh, you have to take take the context. Um, I don't think you can say that yet. I mean, that, that defense had Carlos Rogers, who won the Thorpe Award. Um, you had Junior Rosegreen, who was all SEC and was a, was a great player. Uh, you had Jay Ratliff, who played how many years in the NFL, made a Pro Bowl. Yeah. You had, uh, I forget who the linebackers, obviously you had Travis Williams, at linebacker. You had Will Herring, who played how many years in the NFL. Yeah. Um, so you had some legit, I mean, you had Carl, between Carlos and Herring and, and Travis Williams, um, and I'm sorry, Jay Ratliff, you had at least three guys there that played whatever, six, seven, six to nine years in the NFL or however long their careers were. So, Well, we'll, we'll look back on this group and we'll say a lot of the same things, I think. You know, we'll, there'll be a lot of guys on that defensive front that have an opportunity to play for a long this time. This defensive line's better. Yeah. If Brett Edens is watching, sorry. There is a uh, – I apologize, Edens, man. Brett Edens could play. That is, look, I mean, remember Josh Thompson was a yeah. heck of a player. Wayne Dickens was a, a good player. But um, I mean, this is a deeper defensive line. This is this oh, is a legit defensive line in terms of Auburn. This is this is legit. I, I don't like the buy into hype before the season and, and all that. But these guys are playing up to it. Even though they've, they've given up some rushing yards, but that's all LSU did and yeah. things like that. Uh, it's a good defensive line. It's, now, just, if, it's as if, good as they've had in a while. If Carlton Davis could could keep his head on straight and um, and, and really works at his craft, I think he could be the best corner that Auburn's ever had. He's, he's Carlos Rogers esque. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think he's special, and uh, the, the physicality he plays with, in addition to what he can do to, to just shut down somebody. Yeah, uh, he's just he's just in a in a whole other world. But um, you know, I, again, it's kind of like trying to uh, uh, to compare. Who is it's our, it's our best do. defensive lineman? It's just it's just so difficult to do that. But uh, but they got a long way to go. Long too. way to go. But this Auburn defense is doing amazingly well. I think they're right around 15th in the country in scoring defense. Um, they're they're nationally top 30, creeping on top 25, if not top 25 at this point. And you play Clemson at and and they would be a top 25 defense in every category if we'd have just had a pulse offensively. To start the season, yeah. you know they were thrust into such a difficult position against against two good offenses, and yet they still have rankings that that aren't shabby. So uh, I think they'll continue to improve, uh, but they got to have the offensive help too, and, and obviously that's gotten much better. Um, you know, obviously the challenge for Auburn's offense was red zone. Um, did a much better job against Louisiana Monroe, obviously scoring touchdowns. Had some big plays um, outside of that, but you know it, it seems to be. Um, the, 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 for this offense to take the next step, for them to kind of come full circle, if you will, because I think I think we've established Sean. I think Sean White's the guy. I think his confidence is there. I think all the receivers should be in a good spot mentally in terms of their contributions where they're at. I think they're all finding their niche and finding their role. Carryon Johnson is 
has, uh, has had a couple of outstanding games. Um, and I think they've realized, as, as fun as it is watch, to watch Cameron Petway run, he's a big physical guy, I think you've seen, wait a minute, Kerryon Johnson's a special player. He, he's, he's come back and really taking over that role. It won't be like the first few games where Petway's going to get more carries. Or I think these last two games have solidified Kerryon Johnson. It's not just, the, not just him and Petway are going to share carries. It'll be 70-30 in terms of who gets those carries moving forward, if not more. Kerryon Johnson's running physical. Uh, he makes people miss, um, whereas Petway doesn't. He gets tackled on the legs. He's a big physical guy. He has a, he has a role, but I think Kerryon's taking that over. Um, but running the ball in the red zone and converting in the red zone is now kind of the missing link. It's, 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 it's what we're now looking for that we feel like offensively we've got some things figured out. We've got things settled down. How do we fix the red zone? Because that's the one thing still lingering out there. And Malzahn talked about it, um, and he said, if you really look at the history, when we've been really good red zone offense, it's because we ran the football and we were able to run the football. That's where it has to start. Uh, and he's exactly right. Uh, passing the football is tough down there. It's compact. Safeties are closer. Linebackers don't have to drop as far. It's just harder. You have to run the football. And that's been the complaint about spread offenses forever, is when they get to the red zone, how do they do? Because now you have to run the football, and spread offenses at times didn't do that well. But you don't have to run it. You could trust your quarterback. Yeah, yeah, but you, but I know what you're saying. I mean, you it's have, yeah, you you're going to have to sometimes. But uh, we 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 don't we tend to 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 sort of freeze up and, and not give Sean an opportunity to uh, you know to operate out of four wide. And it's down, about trust. You're right. I think they've been going. Well, gosh, we're down here. We we. You know, scoring touchdowns isn't exactly our uh, our calling card at this point. We can't mess this up. We have a great kicker. We know we're going to get three points. And so, yeah, it's at what point did they say, we just got to let it go. We, yeah. we, we got to let him take some shots on some post routes. We, we got we to gotta just be aggressive. If, if the running is, is still tough down there, we got to take some shots. Yeah. At one point, do they do that? Maybe this week they, they'll be forced to do that. I don't know. Well, I, I think another thing that we do is, is we – we bring in some guys in the backfield and really, you know, jam up how many defenders they put in the box uh, when we get down there inside the red zone. And we don't have guys that are really capable of just clearing out a path yeah. like a Jay Prosh did. Right. Uh, Chandler Cox has, has – he's not, he's not Jay Prosh. Now, I thought Chandler played a lot more physical game the last two weeks. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's still he's – not, he's not ridding that defender. He's just bringing somebody extra into the box to have to contend with. Maybe we find a role for a – you get inside the five-yard line. Like at LSU, we go for it on fourth and one from the, from the, from the one-yard line, and they, they, they stone us. Let's put, uh, let's put Petway at tailback there, and let's put Byron Cowart or Montrevious Adams or you know some other defensive tackle, uh, Brown, the freshman, in right. there. To, to see if we can't create some leverage and some movement forward as opposed to Chandler Cox. You know, I, I don't mind that type of creativity. And uh, a guy like uh, like like Byron Carrick that latches on to people um, and is Velcro already, man, he may he may be a monster lead blocker on a uh, <laughs> on the goal line. So, But, but if you're going to bring somebody into the box, then, then, then be able to contend with it. Yeah. And we're not able to do that right now inside the, uh, you know, the, the, the five-yard line. Well, and, and you look at Mississippi State, um, you know, they're still going to be a stingy team. They're 20th in the country in rush defense. They're only giving up 110 yards a game. Now, I, need, I haven't gone back and looked at their schedule to see every single team they've played. They played LSU 
Um, obviously got beat handily in that game. Um, but they're still, they're still, they might, I mean, there's, Denmark's recruited well enough. They're still going to be stingy. I mean, they've played well on defense the past couple of years. And in, in, at home, they're going to be a tough, physical, hard defensive line. Um, it, it, Sean White's going to have to make a lot of plays. And I, I think, I think you're right. I think this could be the game um, that he, he makes plays with his arm from the 30 in um, to win this game. Cause I, it, it will be a little bit tougher um, against this defense in the red zone, cowbells going. So I, I, well, we I can't knock, that we, we can't knock the kid for not being able to get the ball in the end zone in the red zone if we don't ever give him the opportunity to do it. Well, it also goes to who do you trust receiver wise? Because other than Tony Stevens, as a as a as a kid with length in the in the red zone, you got to have a, a, a big target. I mean, there's it's cluttered. You got to ha- you got to throw it into a tight spot. You got to have really trust that I'm going to throw it to a guy and he's going to. Either he's going to catch it, or it's a big body guy. Those are just more of your red zone guys. And other than Tony Stevens, you don't have that. I think Kyle Davis. No, you throw I, to him in the middle of the field. Yeah. Throw to him in the red zone. Throw a slant route to him in the red zone. Let him go over the top, or whatever. Um, and Nate Nate Craig is that guy as well. Those guys, because you don't have a tight end, you don't have CJ Uzoma that you can run and get a matchup or whatnot. Um, yeah, that was a question here that somebody had asked um, about. Tight ends. Where's the tight end? H back. Well, they don't have one. They have an H back, but they don't have a tight end. And I'm a little surprised Chandler Cox hasn't been involved. I I really thought he was going to be involved in this offense. I I really thought Cameron Petway he was going to block. But Chandler Cox played quarterback in high school, handled the ball, is a good athlete. I really thought that he would be involved in the passing game, whether it's wheel routes, uh, whether it's play action going straight down the middle i thought he'd be i thought he just would be more involved and and and, but he's not your red zone answer he throwing to him's not your red zone no it's not but but i do think he is going to have to be more involved with the loss of malik miller um just because if if you have cameron petway that's that's not capable of of going full speed you're going to have to have somebody that can still run the ball between the tackles if Kerryon johnson needs a blow if uh you know he were to get banged up so um They've got to prepare him to be able to play some tailback now that uh, they've that now that they've lost uh, Malik Miller. Uh, yeah, I mean you're you're one more injury away from uh, from from yeah Chandler Cox would probably move back to tailback. Yeah, so uh, but I, I did think that he would have more role on on, on some wheel routes and and uh, uh, you know even touching the ball some in the backfield something beyond the uh, Notre Dame. Box pirouette. I had forgotten Spin that. Series. It hadn't happened in a couple of weeks. I'd really forgotten that. I blocked <laughs> that out of my memory. Um, but you know, I will say, you know, part of the reason I thought Chandler Cox might have a bigger uh, role is because I didn't know what I didn't know what to expect from the receivers. I, I mean, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I've been impressed with every every receiver. There has I mean, Darius Slayton's out there. That kid blocks really well. Yeah. Tony Stevens has stepped up his game. Um, Ryan Davis is super quick, super fast. Marcus Davis has been the one this year that's kind of disappeared uh, a little bit. Yep, he did. And and um, but not, nothing wrong in there. I don't even remember seeing him. I don't even remember seeing him play last. He's just he's just punt, returning punts. Yeah, I mean it's uh, you know, but but not not necessarily bad. Other guys maybe just stepping up. Kyle Davis has made some plays. Nate Craig's made some plays. So you know the receivers have been really impressive. So I think that's why they Chandler's not getting um, you know the ball thrown to him and plays like that because I thought. While they're trying to find themselves, he would be a guy. But but really, they've got receivers that are making plays. It's really a pretty deep. If you look at, if you watch them and say, and just look at their blocking, look at drop balls or whatever, they're really all playing pretty well. And it's a really a pretty deep group. I mean, if you think about how many guys are involved, I mean, I just mentioned you got Tony Stevens, Kyle Davis, Darius Slayton, Ryan Davis, Marcus Davis, 
and then maybe some Eli Stover. You're, you're, you're f- at least five guys are being involved every yeah. game in some capacity. That's that's more than I can remember in a while. Five guys. You had Duke and Sammy, but then what? You had Terrell Zachary and Darvin. You yeah. know, back in 2010. Then what? So I mean, you you've got a pretty deep crew of guys that are that I think are all doing a pretty good job. And I don't know what the deal is with Jalen Harris. If if they just don't have confidence in his hands, he's if, not. He's that's not him. Uh, I mean, I watched him in high school. He's not. He's just not a pass catcher. Yeah, I mean, he's, and the he's problem a great Chandler. kid. He's just that he's not. He's he's an he's a, he's got some athletic ability, but he didn't. You know, he didn't really develop his last year in high school. And I did. He's no. He's not your answer as a pass catcher. Yeah, and Chandler Cox is just not tall enough. Honestly, I mean, yeah. he's, he's probably what five eleven, six feet tall. Yeah, and he's just a guy that can come out of the back. If, if you can get a player to. But the only place you're going to be able to hit him is going to be on a wheel route or out of flat. He he, he can't be an over-the-middle target. And um, we just don't – it's going to have to be a big-bodied receiver for that. Uh, Last few minutes of the show, make sure and like and share the live broadcast. um, And you enter to win a free car wash detail from Pro Car Care, Opal, Lobby State. Uh, We have to talk about one Jimbo Fisher, who here we are three years later – um, and Jimbo Fisher sitting at, what are they, 3-2 and two now? Yeah. So, clearly Jimbo Fisher is upset at uh, the way this season is going. Uh, they got absolutely embarrassed by Louisville, like epic proportions uh, embarrassed. Then they come home and uh, and lose to North Carolina. Now, North Carolina's a good little team, and Fedora, nothing wrong with North Carolina's not bad. Um, but Florida State was losing in that game. Two touchdowns, losing, comes back, and then, of course, gets beat at home. So not great times at Florida State at the moment. In the last 12 games, Jimbo Fisher's like 7-5 and five, uh, or 6-5 and five in his last 11 at Florida State. But for some reason, he comes out and was asked about offense, and he comes out and decides uh, to attack spread offenses, in particular Auburn. And Jimbo Fisher made the comment, that what so many offenses in this country do now, and he singled out Auburn, he called uh, illegal. He says what some of these teams do now is illegal. And he referenced the 2013 play where Nick Marshall faked the handoff, rolled, pulled up, threw it to Sammy Coates, and Auburn ties the game. Uh, Jimbo Fisher's comment was on that play. He said that's a play that Nick was past the line of scrimmage and Auburn had a guy seven yards down, down the field and that's illegal and how, how are we supposed to play defense if, if offense can just get away with doing everything they want? Of course, the problem with that is none of it is true. That's the only, there's just a slight problem with what Jim Fisher said and that is it's completely false. Other than being completely false, great analysis from Jimbo Fisher. So not only was Nick, Nick Marshall not past the line of scrimmage, but if you go look at the play when he released the football, Reese Dismukes and Alex Kozan were only three yards down past the line of scrimmage. Totally legal. Um, and so, it, of course, it riled up the Auburn fans again. Jimbo Fisher had some comments in the championship game afterwards that riled Auburn fans up. He just – he um, – I don't know what his deal is with Auburn the last, since the championship game, but he just – he likes to take little digs for a guy that coached here. Um, it's it's interesting, but Kevin Skarbinski from AL.com came out and wrote, which I thought when Jimbo made the comments, I'm like, give me a break. I mean, why are you even revisiting that? It's sour grapes. You're not playing well, whatever. Uh, but Kevin Skarbinski of AL.com comes out and says, not only are you wrong, you owe Auburn and Gus Malzahn an apology. Yeah. You know, that might be over the top, but if you're going to go out in a public setting and not just say, it's hard for defenses. Like what? 
the rules are bent for offenses. That's okay to say. That's your opinion. But to come out and say what they did was illegal, what they did was illegal, to say that and then to kind of take a few shots at the offense in general, like it's just, you know, what they do is just, it's, I mean, essentially illegal cheating. You might as well be saying the same thing. Uh, and so it was, it was a little bit surprising, but I don't think out of line for Skarbetsky to come out and say he owes Auburn an apology because nothing nothing of what he said was, was factually correct. It was a completely legal play. And then he also made a funny comment that he said that Alabama got cost the national championship for that game, which is funny because the game was, that was only a tie game, number one. And Skarbinski's other funny comment was, wait a minute, if it costs Bama a championship, if Bama beats Auburn and beats Missouri, who are they playing in the championship game? <laughs> Florida State. Yeah. So basically Jimmy was like, we wouldn't have beaten Alabama. I mean, he's saying it yeah. cost him a championship. Like, so you're saying you would have lost to him, which right. is a whole funny thing. But Jimbo Fisher, what, what was your take on why would he even bring that up? He's a weird guy, but why even bring that up? And, and do you think – is it – do you take it seriously enough to say, you know what, he, he should come out and actually apologize? For no, 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 no. Serious? Heck no. I don't, I don't think that anybody at Auburn would even care if he apologized. Gus didn't seem to care much. No, he does. I think it's just it's just a deflection is all it is. It's the trying to deflect from his program and some of the issues that he's facing. And and he sees something that, uh, you know, in Auburn that, that for whatever reason he wanted to attack Gus. I, yeah, I guess he's an easy target. But, uh you know, I think that uh, I liked Jimbo when he was here as an offensive uh, coordinator, quarterbacks coach. He coached Damian my freshman year, and then um, my, my sophomore year he ended up being elevated to uh, the play caller when um, when Coach Bowden left. And I know Coach Oliver always had uh, high thoughts of him as a football coach, but, uh, you know, just some of the things and, and, and some of the ways that uh, that he carries and heads that program, um, I just don't uh, I just don't agree with. I can remember – when he was uh, when he was going through the Jameis Winston stuff and just kind of the way that he That's handled it on the sideline and, and yeah. uh, you know that kind of thing yep. and, and I honestly think uh, and I and I'm I think that when he got his hair plugs uh, oh, this uh, this summer I think that that was such that's such a close there we go proximity to the brain in the in the blood brain barrier when he went through that scout for, for I mean if you last year he had no hair this year he's got more hair than I do it's amazing and um, I really think that that's probably seeped into his uh, brain functioning and uh, it's causing him to be an absolute idiot I can't argue with that logic <laughs> it sounds sounds like sound Sound logic, sound science. I see nothing wrong I, with, uh, I, I, with your I, I line of true. with your train of train of uh, thought right there. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I lost a lot of respect for him. The Jameis Winston thing um, was was pretty disgusting, actually. Um, if you want to know the truth of it, um, his his just blind defense of his guy because he's a player um, instead of just you know you can defend him to a point. But he, he went he went. He even took shots at the girl uh, at some points. Some comment. I mean, he was way out of line, um, and so. I, I mean, I lost respect for him then, and it's it's not coming back anytime soon. I, when I just, he comes I just remember, like I, I just it's remember just him being called on camera after a game, telling Winston something to the effect of, of not to be himself, to be to be somebody else. Yeah. After a win, and I just remember that rubbing me the wrong way, and and just I don't know, man. It just I don't, know. I, I don't think his it, meds. He's off his meds. He's <laughs> off his meds. That's a that's a true story. Really. Anyway. Um, so Gus's comment, by the way, so Gus was asked about it, and in typical Gus Malzahn fashion, his entire quote was, I don't know, I think we do a good job playing within the rules. 
which is exactly what Gus is. He, he doesn't. He is absolutely not going to come out and play. Jimbo's crazy. Jimbo Fish is crazy. Gus is not the guy to come out and say, well, and go back at him. That's not Gus. He doesn't have time for that. It's yeah. not him. He's like, I don't know. I think we did. And, and actually, that's really Gus style. I can, I can, I know exactly how he said that. Oh, I can wow. picture how he said that. Almost like, yeah, I don't know. I think we, uh, I think we do a pretty good job playing with the rules. So, yeah. <laughs> Almost why like, did it even come up though? I don't know. It was a Jimbo Fisher was speaking Monday at a quarterback club uh, or a press conference. Um, at, you know, I, I, mean, I, I don't even know why it came up. I think. It started about offense, and I don't know if it was because North Carolina racked up almost 40 points. It was, it was Larry Fedora. Something had to have happened in that game about to ask about. I just don't know why he wouldn't have said, well, what they did on offense was, was against the rules. If they had a player pass line, I don't know why he'd go back well, he to started an Alabama going game. In, well, because he started going in the rules are bent for offenses. Yeah. The rules are bent for offenses. illegal, and he start, then he starts saying, Linemen can be three yards down the field in my defense. That's that's giving my defense false reads um, and things like that. But you got to give them some. Let's just think about this logically. An offensive lineman comes off the ball, but you're saying on a pass play he has to somehow not 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 go past the line of scrimmage. Like you're sitting here battling a guy, and if I'm if I'm getting the better of my guy, or if I'm blocking him and I end up three yards down the line, that's not. I don't yeah. see what that's going to happen. That's not seven yards. I get it. Nobody was down. Nobody was downfield seven yards, Jimbo. But if it happened, I'm with you. But it didn't happen. So then he then he went into the Auburn game, and then he brought up another play uh, from Auburn that same year. It's like, oh, and then last year they were they had a guy that was six six yards against Ole Miss. I'm thinking Jimbo knows a lot about Auburn plays from three well, years know, ago. What, what Gus all games? That's amazing. What Gus should have said was he just watches Auburn tape. Look, Jimbo, I, I'm I'm glad you're watching us on offense. But yeah. listen, man, turn your attention to our defense where we're getting it done, and, and try to try to emulate some of the things that we're doing defensively to save to, to save your season down there in Tallahassee. And by the way, give me your hair, guy, because I, I've had to go from visor to to full blown cap. Yeah, how about now, that? My, my own my own family is giving me a hard time about my thinning hair and my middle aged baldness. And so, give me your guy, man. Give me your guy, and your I'll hair guy. And you and I can go on a national tour together. And your hair guy. And we'll do this together, man. And we'll, we'll discuss offense and come up, with some ways to, come up with some more ways to cheat. I think that's a, Oh, wow, you just went cheating. Uh, I think that's a good point of action. Um, yeah, I don't – just – so it's, it's been a, it was, it's, it's a crazy statement uh, from Jimbo. It was, it was very odd. Uh, for that to come out, so yeah, I don't know. They got their own issues. I mean, Florida State's got problems. Like I mentioned, uh, going back to the end of last year, they haven't been great. Um, so I think that's just—it's uh, really actually sad. But that's Jimbo Fisher the last few years. Things start a little heat on him, and he loses his cool, and he starts saying things, and attacking other people, and and looking like a big crybaby. Yeah. Honestly, um, so I don't know what his deal is, but it was an interesting moment nonetheless. Um, Auburn fans really weren't fond of Jimbo, and they're still not fond of him, and, you know, whatever. So nothing, nothing new there. Um, it, honestly, the comment didn't make the kind of national waves that, that would warrant an apology. If that was if, – if he repeated it again, like like if that kind of became a, a mission for him, yeah. then, I, then I would be on Skarbinski. So I'd say, yeah, he's now said it a couple of times, um, and, and, and he, he does need to correct the, the record. I mean, now it's – 
now it's him going on on like a campaign yeah. here about like offenses. Yeah, like Bielema, and that was or saving on the uh, player safety stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which where is that? that, that where, you heard anything they, about that they, lately? I don't know. They run that offense. Are players still in danger? I mean, I we, we still care about their safety. I think, I think we're or that, the conditioning is so much better now. That so we're we're a nice little run of where we Scott we, Cochran got him. We cared about him, and then now we don't care. We don't care. We got to do it for a guy now, man. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We got to do it with the right guy. By the way, Cam Newton. So. It's just legal to hit him in the head now. Yeah, man. You could just hit him in the head all day long. Well, you like should the Sean White, too. Yeah, well, the, the Falcons game, talking about Cam Newton, first of all, should have run in the end zone. Oh, yeah. Slowed down. I just got hit in the head again. In the head again. I'm like, I mean, where is there? Has there been a rule change? Like, Cam Newton, you are, you are completely legal to hit him in the head. Because it just didn't stop. I mean, there wasn't even a flag, was there? You're talking about on the play where he, he fumbled. And then, by the way, on anybody else, that person's, like, dead. He, he didn't even go down. He still, like, stumbled and still reached across. My like, guy's amazing. But, yeah, Kim Newton, it's just uh, it's just free reign to, to knock, the, knock the crap out of his head. I, I didn't see the game. I just saw the highlight of him you getting ready to cross though, right? the end zone. Yeah, and it, it looked like – it honestly looked to me like he didn't even see the guy. He didn't. He was looking this way, and he didn't – but he's also about to cross the goal line. It's yeah. his fault, but he's thinking – I'm one step from the goal line. Nobody's going to clock me but, in the head. But to your point, to not see somebody and to get absolutely blasted and then just to kind of shake it off. He's like the, he's like the Russian and Rocky. He just kind of like, yeah, you I mean, cut me, but I'm not going down. It's like one of those plays where like you lose three yards, but you're like, that was the best three-yard run. It's like that was the best <laughs> like non-touchdown, get hit in the head, suffer a concussion. That was still reach out over the goal you line. You got jacked from a guy didn't even in the head, and you stumbled and then still reached across. Yeah. That was astonishing to me. And you know that guy's defensive teammates were like, "Man, you absolutely crushed Cam. Man, we're gonna we're gonna give you a uh, we're gonna give you some money for that and all this kind of." And he didn't even knock him on his back. Uh, Henry Knight says, "Jimbo is that drunk uncle you just kind of introduce to your friends in passing and hope to hell you don't get back into a conversation because you have no freaking idea what he's going to start talking about." That's not a bad uh, that's not a bad description. Um, that's not a bad description. Um, Jimbo is too much wine, not enough cheese. Uh, some people liked your hair plug comment. Somebody said that's beneath you, Rob. Beneath me? Yeah. Which I, I don't think so, actually. I think that's, I think that's perfectly in line. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Jimbo is a clown. I agree. I like the word clown. Although the whole clown thing, the crazy clowns everywhere, that's kind of, yeah. kind of freaking the nation out. But I like the word clown in general. Calling people clowns, it's, yeah. it's a good. It needs to be used more often. Probably. But I think it could offend people these days. People are a little freaked out right now about clowns, but I like calling people a clown. A clown. Was a clown. Yes, exactly. He's a clown. Yeah, he's a clown. Like you don't I, used to think, I used to think Mullen was a clown. He said, he's a clown. He still yeah. is. Or his I wife. Guess he can be. It's like a tandem. It's like a clown duo. They're clowns. It's like a, yeah. yeah. A couple. A lot of clowns. A clown couple. Huh? We had a lot of clowns in this. A couple of weeks ago, Malzahn was a clown. What did he do? He called offensive plays at Auburn. Well, in a very a clown-esque that's, fashion. That's, yeah, I think a clown, like a guy that I'm just like, that they say something and you just look at him like. Yeah, I, I, that's what I'm talking about. Like after the press like, conference, you know, like. You're like, my head hurts. That was our plan. I don't understand that. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. Gus, I didn't call Gus a clown. Christy, I didn't did, I didn't call him a clown. Though. Well, he's turned, he's turned, he's given the keys to Rhett, so he's he's taken off the makeup. Given the keys to the, the clown wig. car. 
No, 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 no. Oh, to the really? best bus. Oh, it's, oh, are you back on? Yes, man. Oh, you caught up? It, 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 it just has to start rolling. Oh, that's right. You didn't, get, you, down. You, you didn't get off. I wasn't off. You were you were skeptical about them repairing the Gus bus. But yes. you're like, I'll stay here. I mean, I don't got anywhere else to go. I thought that it was going to require the, 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 the formidable, the minds coming together of all the great car manufacturers in, and, uh, in, in the world, Honda and Mercedes-Benz and Tesla and it's all coming together. They don't have to come together and repair it under back. the hood. But um, it, it turned out it was just a matter of giving the keys to somebody else. And um, all's, all's going as planned. All right, Auburn, Mississippi State. Uh, first game on the road for the, road for the Tigers. Uh, I think we expect it to be a close game. It'll be a good test. Mississippi State's defense is, is good enough uh, that they'll – It'll be a good game. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Auburn's defense shows any real cracks for the first time. Even the rushing yards they gave up against LSU, the one thing they never did against LSU was was let Fournette get loose. So he got some plays. There, that was some good scheming, really. Uh, some of the good rushing yards. And they had a – I think I remember about that game. They had about an 80-yard run in there. Remember that yeah. guy? He, they had a, one run that was a third of their yards. Auburn you know, gave that up. Um, but Fournette never got loose in that game. Even some of the rushing yards they get – they haven't given up. I mean, can you think, even against Clemson, can you think of big plays being given up? I, I don't think of many this year. That's why they're playing so much better. You don't see bus, big runs, 40-yard run, 50-yard pass. You're not seeing that. Um, you're not seeing these big, huge chunk plays where you're thinking, where is, you know, you, you play a little, play well, and then you're giving up these big yeah. plays. So do we see the defense sputter for the first time on the road? Do you see them? Uh, get rattled at all. I think those are the questions. How does the offensive line play with the Cowbells' first game um, against a good rush defense? Sean White will have to play the best game of the season, most likely. Um, how do you how do you see it playing out? What's your gut feeling? I just don't think we can uh, make life easy for a for a young quarterback uh, that Mississippi State's going to bring in. Meaning, we can't let him get um, comfortable on the ground with his feet. Um, because if, if you make a young guy like that come in and, and beat you throwing the football, then it's going to be extremely difficult for him to do that. So if we can control the line of scrimmage on defense and make him be accurate, uh, make him feel the weight of, of having to win a conference game in front of his home crowd, I think that becomes a tall order against this defense. Um, offensively, we, we obviously we can't turn the football over. Well, we had a we had a miscommunication, a blitz. Sean White gets sacked. He fumbles the ball. He gives that that um, Louisiana Monroe offense a short field. Uh, you know, a, an SEC offense for the most part is going to make you pay for that and uh, put points on the board. So we, we can't turn the football over and, and and give Mississippi State any life with a short field. And and I just think on offense it's about communication and um, uh, you know what those guys do up front on the road for the first time. That's going to be a challenge. Uh, they'll have to figure that out. You know, you've got Herb Hand with this group for the first time on the road. Offensive line coach is up in the box, so he's not down there trying to communicate with them. Um, so how do they iron that out? Um, you know, that, that's going to that's gonna play a big role in this. And uh, always, you know, can you run the football? If you can run the football offensively, you can do anything. And uh, But if Mississippi State's able to really control that, then it becomes, do we trust Sean White to uh, pick, up the, pick up the big plays for us and are we going to give him more to work with than just third and long? You know, are we yeah. going to are we going to give him the freedom to be able to operate this entire offense, um, particularly put the ball in the air if it's not just third and long? And uh, we just can't put him in those positions all game. It'll be an interesting game to me to watch Rhett first quarter really, yeah. um, because I feel like Gus Gus is 
in the past, I feel like against going against you know Clemson or really good defenses, you, you you had a tendency unless it's thirteen, unless you're just you got a steamroller, you know what you got. He, he can be a little erratic. Uh, other than ten and thirteen, if if his offense is okay running the ball or, or good, but not necessarily great, I could see him coming out. I'll be I'll be curious to see Lashley's call up play calling early in the game right off the gate. Yeah. Does he come out and say we're running the ball pretty well? I'm going to test him. I'm going to test this run defense. I'm, we're going to come out and just run the ball, even if it is three and out or three and out. Or, or is he similar to Gus? And are we going to see a bunch of bubble screens early on? Try to get Sean involved, uh, throwing the ball a bunch, and you're thinking, where is on Johnson? You know, I can see that happen in the first couple of series too. So yeah. I'm curious to see um, to see those first couple of series and see what Rhett does if he just comes out and says, "I'm going to test him. We're going to we're going to we're going to run the ball. We're going to go right at him a little bit." Or does he try to be you know, a little bit slicker, I guess, and get other guys involved and avoid trying to run right off the bat or try to get something going. That'll be curious to me. Um, I think this is a game that, I don't know, I mean, I, I think that Mississippi State, I mean, if Auburn's defense comes and, and plays well and doesn't give up the big plays on the road, if they play like they've been playing and keep playing sound defense, I, I have to think they're going to hold Mississippi State to 17 to 20 points. Maybe less. Certainly, they could hold them less if they play the way they're capable of playing. But it's on the road. Uh, Dan Mullen's still a good play caller, um, and so I sort of think I think seventeen to twenty is what Mississippi State's going to be around in terms of points. Um, but I think Auburn can can get there as long as Auburn doesn't turn the ball over. I think even with some, even if there's not, even if even if the red zone lows continue a little bit, I think they get to that number. Um, so I think I think it'll be a close game, but if Auburn doesn't turn the ball over, I have to think they win a, a touchdown game. Yeah. Um, if it's if it's if, if they're not getting things rolling, or if Mississippi State starts to find a few things, or Auburn's defense gives up a few big plays that are uncharacteristic, and you get the cowbells going and everything, um, then it's then yeah. then you're in trouble. I think the first quarter will be big to to go up there, continue the momentum, set the set the stage, keep the momentum going. Uh, and then and then go through the game from there. Don't come out like you did a couple of years ago, where it's intercept. Remember that interception, interception, yeah. just terrible, terrible momentum. Um, even last year, they marched down Sean White's first start, went straight down the field, interception. Yeah. Uh, need a better start against State. So I don't know. I would go twenty-seven to twenty, Auburn. I think that's fair. I mean, mid twenties, a race to the mid twenties. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't think that. There's anything really I can add to that. Uh, I think that that's a good analysis, and, and um, you know we'll just we'll just have to see how it plays out. But they're going to have some success. I mean, Mississippi State's uh, going to have talent, and and Coach Coach uh, Mullen is it will game plan well for this uh, for this Auburn defense. And they've had a bye week, by the way. Mississippi State's coming off a bye week. Yeah. They've had a bye week, and they don't really have any pressure. They got nothing to lose as far as uh, you know. They've already lost one to. Uh, LSU, they've lost one to South Alabama. They've, uh, you know, they, they struggled with uh, with UMass. So, you know, they don't have high expectations that uh, that they have looming over them. And uh, they're looking to turn their season around. Yeah, that first quarter's huge. Sometimes that can that can make for a dangerous club. Yeah. And uh, so, but uh, you know, I'll be interested to see from Rhett, can he stay patient? And what happens if they're not successful the first couple of drives? Do we? Um, um, does he still have the keys, or you know, does does that start to be taken away from him? So let's see how that all plays out. I think you'll see more deep shots. I mean, I think you'll continue to see Sean White get some opportunities to go downfield. Uh, sure. With Mississippi State's rush defense, 
Um, Kyle Davis, you know, every game those guys get a little bit more confidence. Kyle Davis, Nate Craig. I think you'll see some shots downfield, and if they connect, um, then Auburn's got a chance to, to really put up some points. If they don't, if that kind of is part of the game plan and they're not connecting, then you got punts, and then you got you got trouble. So it'll be a real interesting game. That first quarter will be big. Uh, so it'll be a great game, 11 a.m., uh, Auburn at Mississippi State. Auburn trying to continue this momentum, win three in a row uh, before a bye week, and then Arkansas. I mean, this is huge for Auburn, huge, huge, huge. Chance to go to four and two uh, before your bye week and then welcome Arkansas and your season really could, really could take off, uh, really could take off. But you got to take it one at a time, and this will be the first road game. So it'll be a fun game um, between Auburn and Mississippi State. Uh, appreciate everybody joining us. Last couple of seconds, make sure and like and share the broadcast, and I'll pick you. Uh, try to pick a winner for the uh, Pro Car Care Opelika uh, free car wash in detail. Uh, make sure and catch Rob's column uh, at Auburn247Sports.com. 